For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoop Monets Podcast. So, it's been a very eventful couple of weeks in Nets basketball. Rumors everywhere from every Twitter account you could find. And uh, we have, a, I always say we have a packed show, but today we have a literal packed show. But before we get into all that, let me get through the intro. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. You can look us up uh, at Brooklyn Nets, at Hoopball Nets. Just make sure you press that little purple subscribe button on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and a review. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. If you want to find us on Twitter, tweet us any advice, any criticisms, as long as you're respectful, any any opinions you have, you can look us up at Hoopball Nets on Twitter. And uh, yeah, shout out to Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other hoop ball podcast. You can find them at High Kona Coffee on Twitter, H I K O N A Coffee. Make sure you go on Amazon and check their products out as well. And uh, yeah, let them know we sent you. So, with all of that out of the way, if you are a Nets fan, then you obviously know that Twitter has been your best friend over the past two weeks because. News from all over is coming out. Kyrie, AD, D'Angelo Russell, trades, free agency. But we'll start with this. So Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith, first take, ESPN reporter, reported that apparently Kyrie is serious about the Nets and wants to recruit KD to the Nets but doesn't think it'll happen. Now, this report, see, whenever Stephen A. or Colin Cowherd come out and report something, I always take it with a grain of salt because while they are more famous, they aren't as credible as people like Woj or Shams or... Those are the two sources you will always trust over everybody else. Exactly. They're not as credible as Woj, Shams, Mark Stein, people that have an ear to the to the actual NBA, like, go-abouts. So, is go-abouts even a word? No. The actual NBA happenings, I should say. So... Stephen A. Smith, while he does have sources, I undoubtedly believe that. I don't know how how credible he is because Stephen A. Smith also came out and said that Kyrie wants to play with KD and that he's living he's leaving the decision up to KD. So if KD wanted to go play for the Knicks, Kyrie would go play for the Knicks. And that is where his reports kind of contradict each other. I I do believe at this point it's kind of common sense that Kyrie is looking at the Nets. So it wasn't really a difficult report to come up with. He probably does have sources, but I'm not too sure about leaving KD to decide where he plays. Kyrie made it clear he's not a second to anybody, so someone else deciding where he plays just does not sound right to me. Exactly. That was the whole reason why he wanted to leave LeBron. So I doubt he would want to go right back to a same situation in which he's letting someone else decide his legacy. And even if he want, 
if he wants to play with KD, I believe it will be a mutual decision where they are a 1A, 1B tandem somewhere, not decided by KD, decided by both of them together. So when Stephen A said this on first take, I kind of got excited, but I was still taking it with a grain of salt. But then Woj came out and said that Kyrie and the Nets are serious. The Nets are serious about Kyrie. Kyrie's serious about the Nets. And the Nets are also serious about beating the Knicks and signing high-tier free agents. That just goes to show that I really do feel like the Nets are trying to take over New York City. Because it's not like the Clippers and the Lakers. Although in some ways it is. While the Lakers have 16 and the Clippers have 0, the the Knicks only have 2. And both of them came in the 1970s. And the Nets had two ABA titles in the 70s, so not that it really counts in NBA history, but it's not as big of a gap as you might think in terms of overall skill between the teams. Both franchises have been lackluster in their time in the NBA. The only thing the Knicks have that the Nets don't is the Garden. Simple as that. Yes. The Barclays is not nearly as good as the Garden. I've been to both. The Barclays is lacking in appearance on the outside and, and inside. History. It's lacking in history. And history. But in terms of culture, management, the team itself, I believe they blow the Knicks out of the water in the present day. Easily. Which is why if they're able to get high class free agents, they are New York's team. The Garden can't save the Knicks too much longer if it becomes like this. If the Knicks strike out in this offseason, they are not New York's team anymore. And if the Knicks strike out and the Nets hit big, then there's a change. There's a change of the throne coming. Because there's no way that the Knicks can continue to just ride on the fact that they're the Knicks. And New Yorkers, because we're New Yorkers, we know, we'll continue to just support them. We have multiple friends that have said, if the Knicks don't cash in this free agency... Oh, they're Nets fans. And I'm pretty sure that sentiment goes throughout multiple people in New York. Multiple fans of the Knicks. So with the Knicks in mind, odds makers in Vegas still have Kyrie as a favorite to go to. Have the Knicks as the favorites to land Kyrie. Right now, the Knicks are plus 105 with the Nets being second at plus 260. The Celtics being third to retain Kyrie at plus 300, tied with the Lakers at plus 300, and then some uh, odd men out long shots are the Clippers and the Mavs. So, looking at that, I think the only four teams with a chance to get Kyrie are the four teams with the best odds. Knicks, Nets, Clippers, Lakers. I mean, Knicks, Nets, Celtics, Lakers. Personally, I don't believe the Lakers have any shot at all. Okay, well, since you're trying to say that, I don't believe the Celtics have any shot. We, we, we don't. <laughs> That That's true. He's not coming back, and he's not going back to play with LeBron. I, I don't think either is realistic. I think he will end up in New York, the bottom line. It's which team he ends up with, but I think there's really only two realistic spots for him, and I don't know that it's a sure thing that he's on the same one as KD when it's said and done. I honestly think that that whole Kyrie, KD, must play on a team together idea is overblown. I don't think that they're this these two people that they're our package deal tied at the hip. They're going to make their own decisions. They're something going into their meetings. They're not going to say, hey, if you can't get Kyrie, I'm not coming. If you can't get KD, I refuse to play. That's not going to happen. And if that is by any chance, then I, I just don't understand it. Because at the end of the day, they've got to do what's best for them. Speaking of that, though. 
if let's let's operate saying Kyrie does come to the Nets, do you even want him? My ideal offseason does not include Kyrie, which is probably a bad take for most Nets fans. They probably won't be happy with that. But the culture that they have right now, and this is coming from a Celtics fan, does not need someone that is Kyrie Irving, who is very serious, like Kawhi Leonard. Very. He's also kind of weird. Yes, he, <laughs> he has a lot of strange... I don't philosophies maybe or or just like tendencies I don't know he's just a weird guy and I, and I don't see guess he gets hype when she, when his teammates do stuff shots go in but the Nets had so much fun this year that I feel like Kyrie will try to do what he did with the Celtics in a sense and be like a a big brother to calm them down when they get too hype which I honestly don't believe is necessary in some cases. The Nets have fun and and win. They surpass their expectations. But Kyrie could either adapt and buy into their culture or he could ruin it. So it all depends on how he is once he gets there. I completely agree, but just one second, back to the Kyrie being weird thing. So on Instagram, he posted this weird-looking Illuminati-type picture with an eye in the middle surrounded by a whole bunch of letter I don't know, symbols, with the, the caption, My intuitive truth. I am grateful for my time capsule on this motherly earth. I am grateful I am constantly in search for more knowledge about life, the world, and myself. I am learning the purpose I have in this universe. I will only use it for greatness. I look up and look within. The, there are angels, guiding spirits, and synchronicities Synchronicities. all around me. I awaken to the beauty of growth and patience. I love and live freely. Have, I, like power. He ends it with power is inside. There's absolutely no Nets player that would tweet, some, or tweet look, something like this, IG something like this. Look, the, the Nets are a very young, fun group. They are not that deep. And if he goes that deep with them, <laughs> the culture like, will be saying? lost. And honestly, the current Nets remind me of the conference final Celtics of 2017 in how much fun they were having at the time. Without Kyrie. Rozier, Jalen Brown, Tatum, Morris, Smart, all leading that team together as a group having fun. Kyrie was just watching from the side. I think it says something that the Celtics in 2017 made the West, the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie. And Game 7, and about 7 points away from the NBA Finals. And then Kyrie, a top 15, 20 player in the league, some even say top 10, comes back in the Eastern Conference, and he doesn't even make the Eastern Conference Finals. They get stomped, gentlemanly swept by the Bucks in Game 5. And I think that goes to show that maybe Kyrie can't do it on his own. Maybe he isn't the 1A superstar that the Nets need or that any team is looking for to carry a team. A lot of people say, hey, Anthony Davis can't get you to the finals. Anthony Davis ain't going to do it for you. Maybe Kyrie is the same way. And yes, he has handles. He is mixy. He can shoot the lights out. Almost a 50-40-90 guy. But, hey, he's just not that guy. He's just not the guy to get you to the chip, and he's not the guy to be your number one superstar and get you a ring. Look, the Celtics 
played above their head in that season without him and without Hayward. But to gain back a former All-Star and a current All-Star and your best player and be significantly worse, not even close how much worse they were, was because their whole team was focused on isolation ball because Kyrie is an isolation player. So if he goes to the Nets, he is going to ISO, taking ISOs away from D'Lo, taking the and ball Dinwiddie, out of, exactly. and Karis LeVert, and it's just there's a lot of times that the high percentage shot will not be found. And yes, he's a great player, but does he always make his teammates better? Is he a top-notch defender to make up for that? Does he take the best shots? No, no, no. That. And his culture does not fit the Nets culture. So if he comes, it could work out well if he buys into it. But he didn't buy into it in Boston. And in Cleveland, there was no culture. It was LeBron takes them as far as they go. So let's see how this third time around with a new team will work out. I just don't think that... I don't I don't want to say I don't think. I don't know if Kyrie is worth risking the culture that Kenny Atkinson and Sean Marks have built over the past four, five, six years. I believe if anyone is worth that and they're not going to get him because he's not leaving is Kawhi Leonard. That's the only person who would be worth risking the culture because I believe Kawhi is the type of player that everyone can be having fun and he won't bother them. He'll do his own thing without having that same fun. But Kyrie will disrupt the culture in a sense. Yes, his teammates at Boston stood up for him in Boston. Smart, all of them said he's great, great leader. But what do you want them to say? They want him to come back for them. They're not going to bash the guy on public television. But... Kawhi is different. I, I believe he's the one person I would risk that culture for. And now that you already have an all-star point guard, is it worth getting an all-star point guard that you don't even know would work with the one you currently have? That That's and the question. messing up your backcourt chemistry and overall team culture. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That's the question that a lot of people are asking. If the Nets were to get Kyrie, would him and D'Lo work together? Now, the two main problems that I keep hearing people say are one defense and two they're both ball dominant guards I'll address the defensive one first to be completely honest I don't think that that's as big as a problem as people keep saying it might be no. when you when you look at when you look at backcourts what backcourt really locks up what the Warriors they have clay yes he's a clamp he, he clamps up but they hide Steph on the the most useless player on the court so that he doesn't have to play much defense when you look at a team like the nuggets who jamal murray and gary harris they don't gary play. harris plays some solid defense okay but he, let's say he's an average defender maybe slightly above average nothing nothing special you look at a team like the trailblazers who are just in the western conference finals dame and cj play absolutely no defense well, or at least they're not known for playing defense. And they got swept because Steph had 37, 36, 37, Okay, but, they, but they're still a successful team. Like, they're, they were still in the Western Conference Finals. They beat, who, the Nuggets? They beat also, who did they beat in the first round? The Thunder. They beat the Thunder with Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Two players who are 
Paul George but, is obviously but what, you, what you're forgetting about the rest of these teams is how defensively centered the remainder of their roster is as opposed to their guards. The Nets have Jared Allen, who plays absolutely no defense, regardless of what anyone tells me. All he can He's do is He's a good rim shots. protector. But when it comes to his low post defense... Anything no. but blocking shots, he is not good at on the court. I'm sorry. He is only good at blocking shots and grabbing rebounds for now. He can get better... But until he proves it, that's his label to me. Okay, well, that's how they, That's why they would have to make adjustments. If you're going to get Kyrie and D'Lo, you can't keep the same team, obviously, because they have different strengths. Yes, Karooks has fantastic defensive potential. Torian Prince is a 3 and D guy, which we'll get to that trade later now that they have him. Exactly. If they somehow get Damare Carroll and Ed Davis back, they play defense. Like, you'll have, they'll have to... Maybe trade for some defensive wings. Maybe sign some defensive wings to maybe vet men contracts, something like that. Just build the team around those two. Now, when it comes to the two ball dominant guard, when it comes to the ball dominant guard criticism, I somewhat see what they're saying. But also, I think they're talented enough to make it work. Because when you look at a team like the Rockets, that was the number one criticism with them too chris paul and james harden both need the ball in their hands and And the rockets are the second best team in the west so they found a way to make it work the rockets have problems that are not fixable until the two ball dominant guards are separated i don't think so i feel like they could make had i feel like their system works their system being everything runs through harden but it needs tweaks but the everything running through but, Harden but, has gotten them to the Western Conference the Finals multiple times. Their team times. is as good as it's going to get for what they had. There, the it needs there needs to be some sort of some kind of switch up, some kind of variety in the way that they play their in the way they run their to offense. To run that offense, you need a center who can shoot. Clint Capella was a liability. But then again, Harden uses Capella as a a, a bailout lob-up player. Yes. So having a guy that can pick and pop would ruin that a little. But also, he was in when they played the Warriors, who do not have any big men to counteract players who have post skills like Mark Gasol and Siakam. Capella was a liability. He got benched for a majority of the second halves of the series because he didn't do anything when he was on the court. He did not grab rebounds. He did not score. His stats were horrible in that series. He's going to get traded. So Probably so will Chris Paul. The team will be completely different. I don't know if they can trade Chris Paul's contract. That's the only thing. With but him. those Capella? two together, ball-dominant guards, did not work. They failed. That's the bottom line. They failed. They, they did didn't fail. win the chip. They did not beat but, the Warriors. Okay, they but failed. who's going to beat the Warriors? With with without KD, I see what you're saying, but even the Rock like the Rockets are still the second best team in the West, which is an accomplishment. If the Nets were to be the second best team in the East next year, would we say that's a success? No. You if wouldn't they, say that's a success? Have, if they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Irving. If they no, if they just have Kyrie and D'Lo and the Nets are the 2 seed, then depends. Then how they we're lose. happy with that. If they pull a Blazers and get swept by whatever team is in the conference finals, then that's going to be embarrassing. But, th- but even we'll them see. just making the conference finals is a success. Yeah, it's a step up in the right direction. So there's do you, no success until you win them. So do finals. you think D'Lo and Kyrie can work together? 
offensively? Uh, it really is a wait and see on the culture. If Kyrie can come in and ruin everyone's mood like he did with Boston this season and make players who were good like Dinwiddie become horrible like Rozier in 2018-19. Rozier was terrible on the court and he got angry with how much he had to sacrifice and it turned to bad play on the court. If Dinwiddie's minutes go down because Kyrie's in at the end of games now, you think he's going to be super happy with his role? No. Then it might not work because of the mood of others on the court. So, at the end of the day, if the Nets ended up signing Kyrie and D'Lo, would you be happy? Happier than if they got no one else besides D'Angelo Russell. See, I feel like... I'm not going to sit here and say Kyrie's trash because he's not. And he's an all-star, top 10 player, top 15 player in the league. All-NBA, what, second team? I feel like if they were to get Kyrie and D'Lo, everything else would work itself out. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to trust in Kenny Atkinson to find a way to make them work. Draw up a new playbook, get certain plays, get Kyrie to buy in if you can. Brad Stevens couldn't, but maybe Kenny Atkinson can. And that's what's scary. Brad Stevens is now regarded as a top three coach in the NBA. And he could not get to Kyrie Irving. If he can't, who will? Maybe Kenny Atkinson. You need a player's Kenny. coach for Kyrie, like Ken, Ty Lue. Kenny Atkinson is Brad a Brad Stevens coach. is a analytical coach. X's and O's, yeah. Is Kenny Atkinson a player's coach more than anything? That's what you need with Kyrie. If I had to say, I would say yeah. Which, those types of coaches are more rare than anything. It's like Jason Kidd, Luke Walton. It's the younger coaches that were players that work best with those type of systems. But it is possible if Kenny Atkinson plays his cards right. But if he doesn't, that could cost him his job. We've also never seen Kyrie on a team with another, with another all-star caliber guard. Who who was his who was his backcourt mate on the Cavs? J.R. Smith. Who was his backcourt mate in on the Celtics? Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's not bad, but he's also not D'Angelo Russell. So maybe Kyrie can do it. Maybe they'll work together. Maybe they'll figure it out. We haven't seen it out of Kyrie, and we haven't seen it out of D'Lo yet. Neither one of them. I mean, when D'Lo and Spencer Dinwiddie were on the court together, it was pretty good. This eh? season, yes. But if you remember. D'Lo in the 2017-18 season post-injury when Dinwiddie had taken over the offense he had a lot of trouble playing off ball but there's the key word post-injury so we don't know if he was a hundred percent healthy but his off ball play that season was lacking and we didn't see a whole lot of off ball this season that's true which means the last time we saw him play off ball wasn't too hot but let's hope that if they do sign Kyrie, the Nets will put a bigger emphasis in training D- in training with D'Lo to get him better at playing off the ball. Same with Kyrie, because it's not just going to be give the ball to Kyrie and everyone move out the way. Speaking of D'Lo, though, according to uh, Shams Karania, it looks like the Utah Jazz, Minnesota Timberwolves, Indiana Pacers, 
and uh, Orlando Magic. Magic are all going to try to make a run at D'Lo this summer uh, because he is a restricted free it agent. It was expected. I mean, you'll probably... Even the Suns who aren't on here, let's say the Hornets strike out with Kemba, they go for him. It's going to be a whole bunch of teams. He's one of the best guards in free agency, technically, behind 23 Kyrie. years old. He's probably more coveted. He is more coveted than Kemba, bottom line. It, it, it's really going to be Kyrie and then D'Lo's the second option. Nets will probably match unless they get verbal commitment from KD and Kyrie together that they're coming. And there is one scenario that I read yesterday, likely not going to happen, but would actually benefit the Nets if it does happen is if they get Kyrie as a verbal agreement, have the Celtics sign his contract, and do a sign-and-trade in which the rights to D'Angelo Russell go to the Celtics for Kyrie Irving and two first-round picks, essentially. Which would put D'Angelo Russell on the Celtics, who would be able to match any contract he got. And then that leaves the Celtics with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and D'Angelo Russell. Yes, we know. Will it happen? Likely no. But it does benefit the Nets, and it should be in Sean Mark's mind if they get those two stars. Would you be happy as a Celtics fan if your big three was D'Angelo Russell, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown? Yes, in two years, D'Angelo Russell and Jason Tatum are every year all-stars. <laughs> okay. He said it here first. D'Angelo Russell in two years and every year all-star. He's never said those Tatum. words before. So uh, keep it in mind. But let's just go back to, to the teams that are that are looking at D'Lo reportedly and just try and break them down. Utah, starting with Utah. So I don't think Utah has a single chance because of the fact that D'Lo's played in L.A. and New York City for his entire career. Two very flashy cities. Bottom He's a flashy line, guy. Utah is an upgraded version of his Nets roster with Kyrie Irving. So he doesn't have a say, but that team would be better for him. Yeah, it would be better, but what he, do you want to live in Utah? He would be the 1A to Mitchell's 1B. He is better than Donovan Mitchell. I don't care what anybody I don't think, says. I don't think that he would be in their system, though. I don't think that since Donovan Mitchell was such a homegrown talent and since they took a chance on him, he's a monster. I don't think that D'Lo would come there and they would just be like, okay, Donovan, like, you're cool and all. Well, they will play the Kyrie D'Angelo Russell role. With D'Lo being Kyrie. 50-50. <laughs> they will be the same thing, which... And then there's Gobert, who heavily outweighs Jared Allen. So yeah, Utah, miles. Utah is just a more skilled, balanced roster. But then you don't have people like Karis LeVert, Dinwiddie, Damari Carroll. You have people like, you have Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles is not bad. I don't want to hear not bad. No, bad. no, 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 he's not bad. He's not bad. But outside of Joe Ingles, who do you have? Jay Crowder. Oh, oh, Jay Crowder oh, is Damari Carroll. Oh, that's nice. Jay Crowder is Damari Carroll. <laughs> okay, who's your, who's your Spencer Dinwiddie? They who's your Karis LeVert? Dinwiddie. They don't have a cast. They have a Mitchell and Gobert. That's the okay, difference. okay. That, that, that's fine, but the Nets... But regardless, D'Lo has no say. So whatever situations also, it is... D'Lo doesn't want to live in Utah. So who's the last player the, the, the Jazz signed? Well, he does have to sign the contract, so he does have a say. But he might just sign it to hope that the Nets match and then be angry if they don't match and end up somewhere he doesn't want to play. I don't think there's a chance he ends up in Utah because he cares about he cares about be, living a flashy lifestyle, which isn't bad. On to Indiana. Bojan Bogdanovic is a free look, agent. Look, Their look, leading look, scorer. Look. It is 
D'Lo and Oladipo. One plays defense and is a leader and great player, all-star. Other is a scoring maestro in D'Angelo Russell and all-star. But would signing D'Lo ruin Oladipo's groove when he returns? No, but what it would do is bring them absolutely nowhere except the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference still. It would not do anything to their team in all reality. Also, just like uh, Utah, I don't think D'Lo would want to live in Indiana. Minnesota, if I had to say, I would say that this is probably the people with the best chance. They just have to make... This is the contract that I think D'Lo would be most willing to sign. It's funny because that is still, with him going there, the worst team on this list. It is. So, once again, the question arises, does he want to live in Minnesota? The only difference between Minnesota, Utah, and Indiana is that Minnesota has his one of his best friends, Carl Anthony Towns. And uh, maybe he can convince Zelo that it's not that bad. They don't have very much cap space, though, so they would need to make moves to offer Zelo a max. Wiggins is making 29 mil next year. Jeff Teague is making 19 mil next year. Gorgie Dang is making 16 mil next year. Carl Anthony Towns, 27 mil. Robert Covington, 11 mil. So they'd have to make moves to sign him. And would he take less to play with Carl Anthony Towns? Oh, and. Uh... He he wouldn't take less. Not a so chance. So that's out of the water. But anyway, Orlando's the last team on the list, and they still have Markel Fultz in the works, so I don't think their focus should be on D'Angelo Russell anyway. They have to worry about Nikola Vucevic first. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just because I got Markel Fultz don't mean I'm passing up nah, on D'Lo. Nah. See, the thing is, they know they're not going to get him. And if they sit here and offer him a max, they traded him. Traded for faults for absolutely no reason. They they need to focus all of their rebuild on the future. They're not winning anytime soon. Signing D'Lo to a four-year contract when they know they're not winning in the next four years is, is just not right. That's why I don't think he would go there. While Orlando is flashy, it's in Florida like New York City and L.A., there, there's not a chance the Magic start to win. And D'Lo wants to win, and that will not happen They won't in re-sign Vucevic if they get him. That's the thing. So, let's say their team next year is D'Lo, Fournier, Isaac, Gordon, and uh, let's say it's like Dwayne Dedmon. Uh, well, what, what do they win? 38 games? 40 if they're lucky? Like, they're not going to do anything above the 7th or 8th seed anyway. So let's say D'Lo gets a max from either one of these teams. Do the Nets match it? Regardless. It it depends. It, it If KD gives them their word by then, then no. It depends on when D'Lo signs, accepts the offer from a different team. Because if, if it's July 1st on the dot, the Nets have what? Like two days to yes, match? But also, D'Lo could, if he wanted to, not sign the contract until the Nets find out. But I don't know why he would do that. That's a favor to the Nets. He doesn't care about Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. And he, he knows if he signs and they get word, then he's out to whatever team he signed with. Which that all depends on if he wants to actually go there or not. If he doesn't, then he can wait. No, if he doesn't, then he signs immediately. If he wants to actually go, then he waits. His decision will show whether he wants to be on the Nets next year or not anyway. And the Nets decision to match will show whether or not they truly believe in him. Because they spent this whole season, Kenny Atkinson, Sean Marks, Damari Carroll, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, saying, yeah, he's our leader, he's our guy. 
he he's so he's our all star. He's our best player. Are they gonna put their money where their mouth is and bank that D'Lo ends up being a star the caliber of Kyrie Irving? We'll have to wait and see. But what's best case scenario for you? I think we have the same best case scenario. Yes. Every Nets fan. No, not no. every Nets fan. Most I, Nets I believe, fans don't have the same I best believe case we're very. We're, it's a rare case of what our best case is. Because it's D'Angelo Russell and Kevin Durant. KD probably won't go anywhere without Kyrie, I guess. That's what what is being reported. But if that's not the case and Kyrie returns to Boston by some great uh, strategy by the Celtics to get him back, then who knows? D'Angelo Russell and Kevin Durant together does actually seem like it would work quite well to me. I I agree. One, D'Lo is 23 years old. And while he's not Kyrie Irving... He's still an all-star and with room to grow into someone as good or even better than Kyrie Irving. They would match up very well with the best team in the East, the Raptors, with that. D'Lo on Lowry. D'Lo's a, a oversized guard. He's a big D'Lo guard. D'Lo is better than Lowry, bottom line. Exactly. And then KD's no slouch on defense. He's no Kawhi, but he can play some defense. They are they are both top four players in the NBA. I'm not going to say my order. That's a whole d- debate for another time. They're both top four players in the NBA. And who KD and D'Lo? Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Danny Green and um, Karis LeVert. Are top four players in the no, East. <laughs> they match up. Karis LeVert is better than Danny Green. The one time, the one place they really get destroyed is Pascal Siakam versus Rodion's Kurooks. Or Mark Gasol versus now, Mark Gasol versus Jared, Jared Allen. Allen. That's that's bad. But Gasol is getting older. Allen's getting better. So, but we just said people with low post capabilities fry Jared Allen. Yeah, Mark Gasol does have some low post capabilities, but he's not one of the best. Like, he's not he, like a Joel Embiid. Just body he does not him. have some crazy moves, but he can if he has Nikola to. Jokic. He's not like that. That well, the one mismatch with them would be Siakam. Siakam would destroy. Siakam's a mismatch on most teams, though. Yes. He I, brings the ball up court. Like, the, Draymond is the perfect person to guard him, and even then, so, he's getting lit up. Let's say KD and Kyrie team up on the Knicks. What do you do with the rest of the cap space after you match D'Lo? You match D'Lo, and then you sign you sign Tobias Harris. We go back to pl- the plan all along what from if, the what beginning if by of the, time, the season. What if by the time they did this, Tobias already signs with the Mavericks or something, and... So who's left? And Jimmy Butler resigns, Kemba Walker resigns, and Kawhi Leonard resigns, and Clay Thompson resigns. What do you do then? Uh, we, you don't sign Boogie because someone's gonna get caught signing Demarcus Cousins to an outrageous contract unless he takes another one year. You do not sign Boogie in any case scenario. Chris Middleton maybe, but even then, I don't think he's gonna move the needle for you very much. I have one person in mind. Give me a hint. What team are they on now? I'm not telling you that. That'll give it away. We have discussed him before. It's not Tobias Harris? No. Is it what position? A position of need. Uh, uh, Julius Randle? Yes. Yes. Uh, If they do not get KD or Kyrie, my third option next to D'Lo is Julius Randle. He fits that position perfectly. He can shoot the ball. And overall, their lineup would probably be D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, Karooks, Randall, and Allen. Or 
Prince Randall Allen. Yes. Which, that is a probably fifth seed in the East. Maybe higher. I mean, they were the sixth. <laughs> they were the sixth this year, so. And all they would do is add Randall to their already good roster. And D'Lo would take another step. Karras would take another step. Allen. Karooks. Jeanan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Theo Pinson. Exactly. But, yeah, I think Julius Randle would be a good player to add if all other options fail. I say if you go for Julius Randle, it's a win. It's a. It's not a win. It's a loss. But no, I say if it's they, a loss if you don't get KD, Kyrie, or someone nice. If they get Julius Randle, it's the worst of the best. It is still it's the worst in, best case scenario. Yes, it is still successful that they got an above average NBA player in free agency. It's the worst of the good yes, options yes. in the offseason. The the worst case scenario is all they return with is D'Lo. Oh yeah, because they're they're not missing out on D'Lo if they don't get anybody else. So the worst case scenario is all they keep is D'Lo. But bottom line, their off season is always still a success because they got Allen Crab out of here. The so. worst case scenario? Imagine this. Imagine. Oh no! K- I already know what you're gonna imagine say. Imagine KD and word. Kyrie give them verbal word. They and so they they let D'Lo sign somewhere else, and then the Knicks and then deal. they and then they DeAndre Jordan them, <laughs> and they end up with nobody. That would be insane. Nah, I that, think they'd have to change. They'd have to change location. They'd have to relocate <laughs> because there's no have, way. Marks would have to quit. They'd have to sell the team. That is probably. The worst way that offseason could ever That's go. That's the literal worst case scenario. But nothing is ever out of the question because who knew DeAndre Jordan would get locked in a house and be forced to change exactly. his mind? Next, you you have verbal, you have verbal commitment from KD. Next thing you know, the mob of KD, the mob of Draymond, Steph, Clay, Steve Kerr, Bob Myers pull up at KD's house. And, uh, hey, now you just got Kyrie. <laughs> so we've been tiptoeing all around uh, the trade that the Nets pulled off. The most exciting part of the <laughs> offseason thus far. I broke the news to Najee. He was sleeping. I woke him up just to show my excitement on this deal. Yes. We did not think they would be able to pull it off, but they did. The trade can't be finalized until July 6th, but... It is. The Nets are sending Alan Crabb, the number 17th pick in the 2019 draft, and a 2020 lottery-protected first-round pick to the Hawks for Torian Prince and a 2021 second-round pick. So, obviously, this is a salary dump of Alan Crabb. Alan Crabb seemed to take it personal. On Instagram, he was like, I understand business is business, but everything's going to be personal to me. I mean, listen, buddy. Blah, blah, blah. You're trash. Blah, I'm blah, sorry. Blah, blah, You weren't worth $18 million. You were causing... Cap space issues. You had one job, and you couldn't even do that right. Yes. It was to shoot threes. Look, you were saying, oh, maybe he still hurt Rusty, blah, blah. No, he was horrible this year. <laughs> Every game, one for 11, three for 16, three for nine, two for seven. He could not buy a bucket. He had, like, two games where he shot the ball well the entire season. That's it. <laughs> so... Alan Crabb is now on the Atlanta Hawks, and uh, the Nets now have sp- space for two max players. Does this take them out of the AD trade race? It should, yes. I hope so. 
Because now, if you think about it, they'd have to center the trade around Karras, maybe sign and trade d Jared Allen, but they don't have the first-round picks that other teams do because they gave up their first-round pick this year and their first-round pick in 2020. So unless they're sending 2021 picks, then they don't have the, the assets that other teams will. So it's unlikely they get AD. But does this maybe mean they have some sort of inclination that KD and Kyrie are going to sign. Does this also mean that D'Angelo Russell's out of the picture? I don't think the Nets' plan A, regardless, has D'Lo in it. As much as, they, as, as much as they've hyped him up, their plan A, regardless, is KD, Kyrie. Not D'Lo, Kyrie. Not D'Lo, KD. If they have the chance to get rid of D'Lo, they'll do it. Which is kind of, ma- like, does that, I wonder if, what's he, well, what is he thinking? Look, if they get Kyrie and KD to four-year contracts, that's the only way I would say is justified for the Nets to do that. Because then they have them all the way through the 2023-4 season. So, I'm pretty sure if they do that, they are confident they'll win at least one championship in that span more than they'll ever win one with D'Lo in that span. I, I get that, but then again, is it like is it right? Was it right for the Celtics to trade Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas? Thomas? No, it wasn't. But they're better than they ever would have been. With they still him. nothing came of that. Yes, nothing came of that except getting better. You violated Isaiah win. Thomas, got a bunch of slack from teams around the league. People don't even like Danny Ainge anymore. He's a snake to most people, and nothing came of it. He's a snake, and I guarantee you, the second he calls you, you still pick up the phone. I'm sure if he was to be fired, he would get a job instantly. But still, you the, the Celtics traded Isaiah Thomas and nothing came of it. So what was the point in doing something like that? Obviously trading Isaiah and you know Thomas. What's funny? Isaiah Thomas is so hurt that he said, "Oh, let me get that chance again. I'll do." It. So he he's willing to come back. He's a sad man. He spent his season watching Jamal Murray on the bench and. And he still wants to come play for the Celtics again. He just wants to play. Regardless, though, I, I this was a it was a good move for the Nets because it shows free agents, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, KD, Kyrie, Kemba, that they, they, they can come. The move has been made. The spot is open. We don't have to do stuff. We don't have to do anything but sign you. Obviously, to sign KD and Kyrie, the Nets would have to make one more move, like drop Torian Prince. Just to get them both on the team? I believe they could just renounce rights on their free agents, like Damari Carroll, to clear space like that. But I don't think losing Prince would be the most ideal option. I don't think it is either. A lot of people are overlooking how good Torian Prince is. Torian Prince is a good pickup. He's an above-average shooter. He has 15-point-per-game potential average when he's he's young. He's young. He is young. He plays defense. He's a good three. He's like Covington. Put it that way. He's very similar to Robert Covington in his game. And I'm surprised the Hawks just let him go. That's what a lot of people are saying. Out of everyone on their roster, they just let go of Torrey and Prince like that. It, I'm sure the Nets. At, I'm sure the Nets had to be shocked, and they're like, "Yeah, take him." They they were probably like, "Whoa, okay, yeah, deal right now." But at the end of the day, I think it was a good trade, obviously, because it clears the room for two max free agents. Now, we'll have to wait till July 1st to see what that is. 
There are also five teams that have two max slots for free agents, though. So it's the not Knicks like, being one of them. It's not like it's a rare occurrence for teams to have two max slots. Like everyone's going to be fighting to get the Kyrie KD package or Jimmy Butler, Tobias, blah blah, whoever they want. We the Nets have come a long way, and me and Hunter were just talking about this before we went live. We remember the days earlier in the season when the Nets' best case scenario offseason was just signing Tobias Harris, and now. We're sitting here talking about KD, Kyrie, tandems, NBA championships, Jimmy Butler. What happened to Tobias Harris? All because of Sean Marks. All because of Kenny Atkinson. All because of D'Lo. All because of the progress that the Nets have made this season. And with that being said, we're going to get out of here. We hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Obviously, keep your eyes peeled on Twitter 24-7. Turn notifications on for Shams, Woj. Turn notifications on for us on Twitter because we're going to be retweeting everything as soon as things pop up. We hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. You can look up Brooklyn Nets. You can look up Hootball Nets. Either way, we come up. Press that little purple subscribe button. Leave a five-star rating and review. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, which we recommend, you can look us up at Hoopball. Nets, and if you want to follow your host individually, I'm at Twitter. I'm at Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Najee Adams underscore. I swear I always mess up the outro. And Hunter's at Hunter underscore JKR on Twitter. Shout out once again to Hawaiian House Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other hoopball podcast. The real MVP. We hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and uh, yeah, we'll see you all next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.